hi how's it going uh back uh what was it uh was was anthony blue Thanos with the ugly mustache here how's it going um back back from the past you know here for a new podcast uh just a thought after like what half a year sorry not sorry um so today is kind of different uh not doing a music focused podcast today even though technically that's what they're for uh you know it's kind of more like what the title is just thought you know so more times than not it is still gonna be focused on music uh nick is on break today so we're gonna we're changing things up today we're gonna be doing something a little bit different we're gonna be focusing on a a video game a a video game that you know is kind of very personal to me and i I would say it's very personal to our guests here as well too um that's right you know uh i have a shitload of I have, I have a keychain i have posters um you might as well call me a uh, fanboy per se um but uh but yeah we're gonna be talking about uh a game persona 5 or in general persona series in general but we're gonna start with persona 5 so uh it's gonna be gonna be a very interesting conversation so if you if you like video games or you even like persona then maybe you might want to stick into this conversation if you're more for the music talk uh, sorry, this isn't really going to be focused on at this podcast, but maybe next podcast, probably will next podcast actually. So, um, if you want to skip this one, no harm, no hard feelings, but if you do want to listen in then you know, just sit back and relax. All right. Um, we're going to start with introductions. Of course, my name is Wasabi Blues. As always, your number one host. And then we got our guest. My name is Rat. Um, I'm Rat King. I love rats. Um, I'm, I'm a hacker. I'm a gamer. Uh, I make a little music too excited to talk about persona with you guys oh you you're a hacker huh <laughs> oh yes i'm a hacker okay all right all right futaba uh so let's start with uh let's start with your general thoughts of persona 5 so we we talked about this throughout like multiple times as you were playing it right you you yeah. you believe the story was very weak and you you thought it had a lot of issues very it was cliche i guess if you could say right um, yeah, I, uh, I was getting a little grumpy in the middle. Uh, so I don't need to worry about like spoiling anything. Everyone no, here is going to. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I was getting pretty grumpy and complaining a lot in the middle. I think the middle was really weak. Um, the, I think everything basically um, everything from uh, the Kamoshida or like after Kamoshida to when the flashback caught up to the plot. That was the part that uh, that took a really long time. But like that was where I thought it was weak and. I didn't know how much longer it was going on. Uh, I think it really shaped up after that. So do Overall, you uh, like? Do do you? So you feel like the the beginning was strong, but then do you feel like it was just too many points in the in the plot that wasn't contributing to the overall story? That's right. I feel like basically everything in the middle was kind of just drawn out to introduce all the phantom thieves. Like, they obviously had the phantom thieves, and they knew what they wanted to do with them. But I thought it was really long-winded getting them all on board. Uh, the things that recruited them were a little unnecessary. Um, their backstories were, were a little cringe. I feel like they were all like drastically different before they met the Phantom Thieves. Once everyone was on board, that's when it really got rolling. Yeah, I could see that. So it's it's more like everyone had like a major personality shift all of a sudden the second they joined the Phantom Thieves, right? Like... That's right. They had and they had like this awakening, more or less, like their persona, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's it's interesting because I mean, 
I, I guess it, it kind of helps that we both have pretty much like I've just replayed it except now this is my first time doing Royal but I did Persona 5 like years ago right um, mm -hmm. so uh, I don't know it's interesting and this kind of goes into like I, I watched the anime recently, like I, I was telling you about, like I, I decided to dabble into watching the anime as well too, and it has the most bonker, most bonker ass uh, plot moving theory, not theories, but uh, the way they move the plot is so unnatural to compare to the game, which I think it's kind of hard to put a, a game like that, right? Like you can't put a game yeah. of that length into a fucking anime like that quickly, because pretty much like, was it after they beat Kamoshida, that's when they gave Joker his name? I was like. <laughs> what <laughs> i was like what you know i was like what the fuck is this and then they already started showing like a preview in the next episode it, like pretty much the anime was set like the only way you're watching this is if you already played the game like that's how much it was already set like yeah. in like the third episode they already show a catchy talking to the whole team and how he already knew everything about them like bro that's like what 40 hours into the game <laughs> like like it's yeah. 40 50 hours in the game they're showing in like the third episode and this is only after they just beat Kamoshida. you haven't met yusuke you haven't met futaba you haven't met haru or any of them yet but here he is talking to the whole goddamn team already so i'm just like what the fuck so you know i was like really baffled by that but i mean as far as like the characters and you know i guess how they come to be i guess this is where like i kind of like delve back into persona 4 i i feel like persona 4 was more natural in terms of how everyone came together as friends whereas yeah i think so too i feel like i share the sentiment as everyone else with five is where everyone comes together because they have a purpose but not really because they feel like friends mm -hmm. like that's really really feel like if it, it almost is like they're coming here as a job and that's what kind of sucks. Like, it doesn't feel like an authentic friendship, but more like... Because when you think about in, in Persona 4, everyone was kind of like hanging out regardless, right? But in Persona 5, everyone... No one really hangs out with each other other than, I guess, Haru and Makoto. No one else was really like hanging out. Everyone else is just hanging out with you, the main character. But no one else would hang out outside of that main character. One of the things I thought was bold... So I'm going to say it right now. Akechi was my favorite. I thought he like carried the plot. Um, he was really cool. Um, one of the things that was cool about Akechi is that, like, he was the job, like, mm, he was definitely there for the job, like, <laughs> no shame in that, he was, uh, like, he wasn't trying to be friends with them, and that was okay, they had a job to do, and, I mean, he had his own agenda, but, like, I thought framing it like that was pretty cool. Yeah, like, I, I always, like, so, it was kind of weird, like, I'm one of those players who, on my first playthrough Persona, of course, I didn't Google anything, which, that was good of me. But on Royal, I I kind of just Google things here and there just out of curiosity for some things. And, of course, things would get spoiled spoiled for me. But not here's the thing. Spoilers don't affect me because I'm yeah. more curious. How do how do I get to that point? That's where I end up being. So, like, when I was looking up, I looked up Dr. Maruki for something. I was looking up his confidant. And then I yeah. saw and then in the in the Google search results, I saw Dr. Maruki's palace. And I was like, what the fuck? I was, oh, like, I was like, what? I was like, why does he have a palace? I was so confused. And instead of like me being mad at that, all that did was make me want to keep playing more to get to that point and figure out why the fuck does this man have one? Like, I, yeah. was, I was so confused. I was like, I got to know now. And then 
next thing I'm looking up, I'm losing. I'm looking up Kasumi, and I was looking up a uh, relationship. Like when, uh, when is the relationship thing going to happen with her? If it even happens, and then here I am seeing Sumir, and I'm like, who the fuck is Sumir? I'm like, now I gotta yeah. find out this shit. Like I was like the whole time, I was like, I'm not even mad. I was like, I just gotta know. And here I am, like, fuck, I gotta keep playing this game now. I need to beat this shit so I can get to this part of the goddamn semester. Um, I had a little of that too. Like it, it was, it was so fucking like mind blowing to me. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't know, it, I don't know how to how to describe it, right? So I guess where where should we start? And what what was your favorite part of the game? Let's go with that first. Oh well, let's see. I um, definitely thought the royal part was really good, but um, hmm. Okay, let, let's let's do it like this then. Do you feel like so? I have my own thoughts on this, and I'll share in a second. But do you feel like Royal, the part of Royal, f flowed into the ending of the original game smoothly, or did it feel tacked on? I thought it, uh, like, given what they were working with, it, it was pretty graceful. Like, mm -hmm. in compared to like the stuff with like Persona Four Marie, I felt like that was kind of tacked on. But like the Royal story, uh, I thought it was really good. Like, it really flowed into it nicely. Um, okay. Like I thought, like Kasumi uh, or like I guess Sumire as uh, like now she was just like this random friend who like wasn't involved with the Phantom Thieves and like you got a school counselor. Like at first I didn't even know that um, Maruki was like a new character. Um, <laughs> I thought that was pretty uh, smoothly blended in. Uh, and then all the stuff like how the metaverse was destroyed, but like they like the things that hmm, the pieces were still there. I thought mm -hmm. that was I thought it was kind of an elephant in the room. Like. Uh, they did something with that, and I thought that was cool. Yeah, to me, so when I look back and see how they they ended off 5, and then they transitioned to Royal, it felt very, I don't know, it felt very weird to me. Not that I actually really enjoyed the, the Royal part. So when I say Royal part, I just mean, I pretty much talk about the third semester, right? Um, yeah. I, I, I just felt the transition was just very weird to me, only because... I guess it's because I played the original, right? I guess that's partly why. Yeah. So, typically, once you finish the original game in 5, after you beat all the buff, and then you do Christmas, and then you would do Valentine's, and then after that, then the game just skips, like, I think the fourth month, and then you pretty much head out and leave all your friends, and then y'all go on, like, a, a car trip. That's why, that's kind of, it's kind of a parallel to how Strikers is, where Strikers is pretty much like a road trip. Um... So I guess it kind of makes sense, but I, I feel like it's just with the way they had like this big old threat and it's like almost like this is the last thing for the Phantom Thieves. And then it just kind of comes back to like, we're back again. Like, it's, it, I don't know, it just kind of felt weird to me. Like, it wasn't that I disliked it. It just, I guess it was just interesting how they brought upon it. Um, yeah. It just, it, it didn't, I guess it's because they were, I guess maybe it's because they were going for that different uh feeling considering the whole alternate reality and everything else too i guess that you know i that makes sense as well too like it didn't feel exactly like persona because like you could tell Roy the royal part felt nothing like the original game at all like i right. i i immediately noticed that right off the the bat like the second the first day of january came in the game i was like this feels nothing like the original game at all so yeah um and so it just felt like kind of off to me, but I mean, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I, I don't, it, it's kind of hard for me to really decide how I feel about it though. 
Um, I guess we I guess we can go into the the characters first. Well, let's let's go. Let, let's speak on uh, Doctor Maruki then. Let, let, let's speak on him and because uh, I think we we were gonna talk about it, but I said to hold off on it a while back, which is you know his beliefs, right? Um, oh yeah. If you if you align with his beliefs or how what what did you view on his beliefs? Okay, so um, first of all, I gotta say the game like sauced me into it with like the confidant, like he's talking about like Maruki's thinking about the uh, like the ethics of like eliminating suffering despite like. Uh, the potential for personal growth. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but hmm, I think um, hmm, I think his views are like kind of fundamentally um, like contradictory, as demonstrated by the game. Like, I, hmm, maybe if like what existed for him perfectly. Hmm. I mean, yeah, this whole thing doesn't seem sustainable to me. I uh, I don't think this is something we could really ever aspire for. Um, there's no way to have this without living in our own world. Like society's got to move on. We've got to tend to things. I don't think we can have that without in this like um, a no pain world. Yeah, because I I looked up because I got curious. Once I beat the game, I looked up different endings to see what would happen. Right, and yeah, I haven't seen any of the bad endings yet. I'm curious about that. So pretty much, um, what is it? Uh, one of I mean, they're not really bad endings per se. They're pretty much just like telling Doctor Marky, hey. You have it. You can have it your. It's like Burger King. You can have it your way. You know. Uh, oh, well said. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. And so at one point they show uh, one of them what it is 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 actually I found out that's where one of my wallpapers came from. I didn't even know my wallpaper came from like the one of the bad endings. Uh, oh, okay. But pretty much what it is is one of the bad endings, which I guess that's where it becomes a morally subjective uh, option, right? Is how you mm-hmm. view it, but pretty much it shows on uh, one of the endings is where Joker, everyone's alive, everyone's friends, um, they're all meeting for graduation on the uh, April. Um, boss asks Joker to just live with him. Uh, doesn't even ask him, don't even go back to his parents, and because obviously uh, the whole world's supposed to be nice and kind, uh, Joker ends up living with Boss. And he goes to college and everything while living there and yada, yada, yada. A catchy comes by and he's just hanging out kumbaya with everyone. He's like all nice and shit. Not the super douchebag that he was. Uh, Marky's Palace. And, you know, and then Dr. Mark, he comes by and they don't recognize him. They don't even know who he is. But he just offers to take a photo of all of them together. And he just, you know, asks them if they're happy and everything. And it's just very weird very like it's, mm. it's it's like a pristine like it's like a fan fiction super happy ending if everyone could have a happy ending that's pretty much how one of those endings are um okay another ending is pretty much where you just give up your will to like do anything You're, you give up your free will and it's so sad because literally all it is is joker Does this just, one come in um, get this from like um the fake igor no 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 this one's not from fake igor uh, these are all like the Dr. Maruki options, right? Um, okay. I, I forgot when this one came into effect. I think it's not on, not the one where you tell them in February, but the one earlier than that, right? And okay. uh, what happens is Joker just g- gives it up, right? And pretty much what happens is he just, he dies in his bed. Oh. Yeah, like he literally just dies. He, he don't have no free will, don't will to do anything. His phone dies. He doesn't want to do anything. He just lays in bed and dies. And it was like, what the fuck? 
Like, oh. <laughs> I was... Sounds like what they were saying was happen if they weren't careful with, like, uh, the changes of heart early on. Like, they were worried about <laughs> Kamoshida being a vegetable. That just happened to him. Yeah, like, he pretty much turned into a vegetable. He just dies in his bed. And I'm like, that's fucking wild. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, yeah. You know, so I was like, all right. Um, I mean, granted, everyone has their own opinion of the different endings. I personally am a fan of the correct ending, of course. Um, I think yeah. that one, you know, is very... Now, I will say... I liked everything. I liked the palace a lot. I really, oh, I really fucking, I was that, I was that dude when I think I told you when I first got to it, like a long time ago in November, I, I might've said something, I might not have, I'm not sure, but I got to the palace when they did a the little preview teaser of it because obviously yeah. I've already played five. This was like, I knew a second I already went into like new content territory. I was like getting all giddy and shit. I was like, oh my God, what the fuck is this? This is the new palace. Holy shit. Like I was sitting there like all super ecstatic and shit like that. I was like, oh my God, I'm finally seeing a new palace. Cause I was like, I haven't Googled anything. I haven't looked at anything. Don't know a goddamn thing. And then I remembered that I was going to Say's palace soon. And I remember that Kasumi was already in there as a technically a phantom thief, but not really a phantom thief. So I was like, hey, yeah. when, the, when the fuck is she going to get introduced soon? And I was thinking of that literally right before I went into that palace before that happened. And I was like, oh, there we go. That shit makes sense. Right there it happens. That's how she ends up coming later on. But going in the palace hearing the music and shit like that i was just like oh my god this is fucking crazy bro um you know like that palace is something it, it was something fucking wild to me like i feel like out of all the palaces like i liked a lot of the palaces in the game hashtag not really like i liked them but not really but like yeah. dr maraki's palace was just it was intriguing to because I felt like that was the one it, it went really deep like it really explored like the the I guess what it what I liked about it is is it made you reevaluate the idea of a palace and a palace ruler that yeah. a, a palace ruler didn't so it didn't necessarily have to be evil and that's what you know the phantom thieves had to like come like that's what I to, who was it was it a catchy that said or someone that was like that was pointing out like hey he's not actually really like a bad guy but he is a bad guy and it's kind of yeah. like uh i think and then he has like asked him so what are you guys gonna do are you got do you guys have what it takes to actually go against him or are you gonna you know fall back and and that's where like it was a very interesting discussion and as you know you explore dr Marky's past more and more it just becomes kind of like kind of like damn but it's just like i just get really confused on how he had a palace so early on like i'm i, I think my, i might be having brain farts now but it was just he had a palace very fucking early like back in yeah. fucking november of the game he already had a fucking palace ready to go and you know typically a palace is created by a distorted heart and i guess you would say he had a distorted desire distorted heart but he wasn't it wasn't really distorted per se he just had his own yeah. way of believing that how people should be saved and helped. I think his own, like, I don't think he totally believed everything he was saying. I think he uh, was sort of like, hmm, was sort of a white knight thing. Like, I think he, um, hmm, I think he was sort of like, hmm, this was his way of coping for the um, thing with his girlfriend. Like, the fact, like, after he walked away and 
Um, like never talked to her again. I thought that was when it was over. Like he, uh, he really wasn't sticking to his values. Like if he really, if he really cared about his girlfriend, he wouldn't have taken the easy way out like that. And I think he totally took the easy way out. And that was where the distortion started. Like he kind of just gave up after that and where he was like, all right, well, who the fuck am I doing this for to begin with? Right. Um, yeah. and he's like, well, I'm not going to let no one else suffer again, which is a, like, cool, I guess. But do you, you got to remember why you're doing this to begin with. And yeah. I feel like that's where a lot of things get kind of like, I guess, interesting when you compare that every other palace ruler, which I always find it. I kind of wish I feel like what they did with Royal and Dr. Maraki is what I kind of feel like they wish they did with the rest of the game now. Like when I think about oh, it, yeah, I think so too. I feel like they probably wish they could go back and make it to where every palace ruler wasn't exactly some evil tyrant and that it was more of a bordering line between hey they're actually kind of right between well yeah. they're kind of fucked up too instead of oh these are just all fucking assholes and we're gonna go fucking beat up jeff bezos and destroy his goddamn factory and you know show him who's boss and shit like that you know um yeah like i when i look through all the palaces and you know, obviously, I compare them to Dr. Mark. He's just like no comparison, really. But I don't think there's really any palace that I consider memorable other than, you know, uh, Dr. Marquis. Like, you know, I had the rats. That's worth something. Yeah, that one was so fucking annoying to me, bro. Like, I, I so Shido, I guess we could speak on Shido because technically he's the original final palace ruler. Um,. Mm-hmm. Shido was a very interesting character that I actually enjoyed a lot. I oh, yeah. I, I just like that he was kind of just an asshole that was willing to do anything that it took to get what he wants. And yeah. motherfucker took pills to kill himself temporarily just so he can kill the Phantom Thieves. Like that was hardcore. Like, like what the fuck? <laughs> like you go you go to that length just to stop him. He was like, "Fuck, give me pills. I'll beat them bitches somehow." But you know, it, it goes back to, I think it was one of the things I, I mentioned before where my biggest gripe was always every villain was like, oh, I'm going to show these phantom thieves who's fucking boss when they get the call card. I'm like, you ain't about to do anything. You're literally just going to sit there until your heart changes. Like, obviously, you know, we're fighting the shadow version, so it's not clear cut. But I mean, the idea of showing like the bad guys just be like, oh, I'm about to show them who's boss. When really nothing happened, they don't do any. They can't literally do anything. They just, they just sit there. I'll tell you one of the things I thought was kind of dumb about Shido, and or well, and on some other things too. I think the fact that he had his hands in like every single thing, like that was a bit of a stretch. Like they had to tie Madarame into this. Like I liked it better when that was a one-off thing they didn't account for. But like they had to get their last word in. They had to like be involved in every part of the conspiracy. Like let us have one thing. Oh, they're like all tied to him. Yeah, like hmm. I think that like Yusuke's backstory, for example, could have been a lot more interesting if they just said like, okay, we didn't expect for Madarame. They got one extra guy on board. Like that would have been cool. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought like, oh, but Madarame was actually like donating money to the cause. It's like, <laughs> like okay, you pulled that one out of your ass. <laughs> he just comes out of nowhere. He just he's somehow tied to the plot out of nowhere, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. I 
I guess they they were trying to make Shido end up being like this whole mastermind that has like a bunch of puppet strings. When in reality, he probably didn't even know who the fuck most of those people were or gave a fuck about him. Um, yeah. I did enjoy seeing like the different parts in his palace where they explain like all the different incidents and showing like the the. I think my favorite one was the Medjet thing, explaining the whole hacker thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Me too. Like, I thought that was pretty interesting, just, like, them explaining all that. Just, like, um, <clears throat> I think my favorite part of the game always, like, I know people always like to kind of joke about it, but I always liked it whenever the game would pull you back to, like, present day, whenever a flashback oh, yeah. happened. Like, whenever you're doing, like, a regular thing, that's, it pulls you back to present day, and Sice is like, so tell me about this person, or something like that. <laughs> and... I'm just like, oh shit, what the fuck's going on? Like, like I was, the second I saw the whole part where you kept getting pulled back in the present days, like this guy behind like the thing, the whole time I'm just like, what the fuck happens that I get to this point really? Like, how does like, that yeah. was my initial thought when I first played the game. I was like, how in the fuck do I lead up to this? What the hell happened? And I, I think- have so many questions. I noticed they were in the rebellion clothes, like in the tutorial and I feel like, wait a second, like, now that I know how this works, like, are they have cops in, like, the Rebellion? Did they, like, bring the Persona world to the real world? Uh, I had a lot of questions. I had no idea how they're getting out of that. I thought that was cool. I think the only plot hole I ever found with that was the fact that it was a catchy that brought them in. But, like, yeah. like what connect, like, isn't there, like, a whole bunch of more questions that should be asked upon that? Like, the fact that they're in a, another reality, <clears throat> the fact that they should all technically have mementos apps or the metaverse app. Um, like there's a lot of different things that obviously there's just like minor details. Right. But it just makes you like, Hey, they're technically anyone who goes into the palace should in theory have now the app on their phone. And on top of I think that, I've got an idea about that one. I think the app might've been like an Igor thing. Like, hmm, it seems like there was that cosmic game between like real Igor and like, the God of Control, and I think, like, but also, like, there was a, a science backing it in the real world. Like, they figured out, like, the scientists knew how to, like, control the, uh, the metaverse and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think maybe, like, Igor can bestow the app on people, but maybe, like, people who know the science can get into mm -hmm. something like that. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it was interesting when I just, I thought about it. Um, like, I feel like Persona 5 had, like, a lot of very interesting plot points that sometimes I didn't feel like <clears throat> wrapped themselves up 100% nicely. Just, like, um, I think the biggest one is always cognitive science, right? The biggest, the the, oh, yeah. the big C word spread throughout the whole game, like, fucking, like, sprinkles. Um, oh, yeah? You know, it's always just dropped out of nowhere. Cognitive science! Cognitive science! Yeah, my mother studied cognitive science, and... You know, and then they tied it into Dr. Maruki later on. But, I mean, when you think about it, if you take away Royal for a second, the whole cognitive science thing kind of just becomes kind of like a, a unfinished plot theory. If you think about just the original ending of 5. Like, cognitive science was just like this... It, it always kept feeling like this overarching, like, big mystery of the game that no one knew an answer to. And then it just boils down to Shido's like... <laughs> I just took that bitch's fucking research and killed her off. Like, <laughs> I've got some thoughts on that. I think the, um, I think what that whole thing was about was sort of that, like, the metaverse wasn't, like, a natural state of being. It was something that, like, came upon, like, even though we've sort of had, like, the connected minds and stuff, 
it sort of seems like the metaverse is just this unnatural state of being that's come about by like the 21st century and like having our smartphones and internet and stuff and like hmm, well like the principles of like the science applied this whole unnatural manifestation of our world or like our minds was sort of just a new thing that came about um in like the 21st century basically and like it could be destroyed as easily as it was created in our culture mm. okay yeah I-, I could see that uh it, yeah it was just one of those things where i was just like very i just every time they dropped it i was just like yeah okay i was like cognitive science cognitive science i'm i'm about to figure out the whole mastermind little secret wiki sauce for cognitive science and figure out the whole master plan and i was just like when are we really going to see like the real purpose of and then of course you know then it goes back to dr mark he's like aha i've been studying it this whole time this entire game i've been studying it and i'm the real mastermind behind putting you know putting it into all this and you know and then of course i think he mentions uh futaba's mother's research and her actually i'll be honest i thought it was about to be some like magic plot twist that he was like her lover or some shit at some point oh yeah like i i was expecting some shit to be like yeah that was that was the chick i was dating before she got killed and i'm trying to continue her science and all this shit or some dumb shit like i i actually thought that was gonna be a plot twist coming down the line with the way this motherfucker kept talking about it because i was just like why is it that he's of all people so specifically so interested in it you know obviously this is this is before like we got into you know the third semester and all but you know i just i just i was just so confused about it but yeah i knew that mark oh yeah no no you can go okay before i got um before i knew that maruki was a new character I basically thought that his role in the story was that, like, he was um, he was someone who figured out, like, how the Phantom Thieves worked from a different angle. I thought, like, he was there to show that, like, okay, there's, like, this whole celestial game going on, like, with the Phantom Thieves and stuff, and there's just, like, some other guy who kind of understands it. I didn't realize what they were setting up, but I figured, like, oh, maybe this guy's here just to print out, like, a different angle on, like, the whole these dumb kids who are, like, chosen ones knowing what to do. Here's a here's a fun question. How do you feel about every time you maxed out a confidant, they all knew that you were a phantom thief? I thought that was um that was like surprisingly woke. Like these kids weren't <laughs> subtle at all. I thought these like that was a cool way of uh, like showing your trust. I like that a lot. Like every time you fucking maxed out confident, they're like, I knew you were a phantom thief the whole time. <laughs> Just like what? <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. Like I don't I don't know. I guess I've never particularly viewed every like I, I guess because I never specifically shouted like Ryuji that hey I'm a fucking phantom thief. But it was just like how do these people just randomly like know that I'm a phantom thief? I guess the only part that makes it obvious, right, is if you because you they ask like, hey, what's the name of this person? And then all of a sudden they get a change of heart, right? I guess that's like yeah. a that's a clear like, hey, <laughs> this guy's a fucking phantom thief. But you know, I mean, besides that though, I don't think there's any fucking way someone could be like, I I knew you were one of them the whole time. But you know what? I I got your back. Like yeah, like how? Like that. That's like that's that's the only part I was just like, how the fuck does that happen? Like it just doesn't make sense. The to guy me. who goes to the dead principal school wearing like the pajama pants uniform suddenly wants to be my friend and play shogi and 
Like, holy shit, my uh, my mom's heart got changed. <laughs> yeah, like, like, it's so fucking, like, every time I sit there and I'm like, oh, you wouldn't believe this. This person had a change of heart all of a sudden. Did you have something to do with that? And he's like, no, that wasn't me. <laughs> you know? And then you fucking, one more confidant max, I'm like, I knew you were a phantom fleet the whole time, but it's all right. I support you in your cause. If you need anything, yeah. let me know. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Okay, I, I guess. Like, like I, I feel like Joker is very, like, not obvious about being a Phantom Thief, give or take. Like, yeah. I don't think it's ever really come off that he screams out Phantom Thief vibes. Like, it's, it's never... That's why I've always just been, like, really baffled by that, other than, you know, the obvious one where it's just like, hey, I, I changed someone's heart and you can pretty much tell that was me because you literally told me their name. Like, that part I get, but more times than not, any other time when someone's just like, I knew you were one of them. Like, I, I just knew it. It, it just it just never made sense to me. I was just sitting there just like, all right, I guess. I don't know. That's just me, though. I always felt like the Phantom Thieves were scraping by, like, these lucky bastards, like, didn't get caught. <laughs> like, some people had to know. Well, yeah, that, and then I guess you gotta think about the posters and shit too when they put them up. Like, how the fuck did like, especially like the uh, the school thing, right? For, for the very first one, how did no one clearly see Ryuji put up all them goddamn uh, uh, calling cards? How did he even make so many calling cards to begin with? How the fuck did yeah. nobody see that? Like, what, what fucking magic tricks did he do? There's fucking school cameras. Someone clearly had to have recorded him. <laughs> like that yeah. makes that makes no fucking sense. <laughs> um, like I and you know they always make a big they always make it like a running joke how he always screams out how they're the fan of these out in public, never like yeah. even tries to hide it. And I guess that's kind of another interesting point. It's just like how well did they try to hide their identities, which wasn't really that well. But yeah. they, they never like. Did you feel like the ways that they got caught that they were Phantom Thieves were obvious? Like, they, like... I, I don't know if I would say obvious, but it was just, like... Did it make sense? In, like, in the confidants or, like... Hmm. I guess both confidants and then just the way that Akechi, of all people, just magically caught on to them. Yeah, I thought Akechi was... Hmm. I thought, basically, they were just flying by on the seat of their pants. Like, they, someone had to have caught them. So it makes sense that... Like the actual train detective was the one who caught them. Like I thought that was uh, that was pretty reasonable uh, of that boy. Because I know they. I remember that one time when they showed what palace where they going into that he magically was right beside them and then he came into. Uh, yeah. Like I remember he was talking about that. He was like, "Yeah, I was like right beside John. I came into the palace with y'all or some shit or whatever." And I was like, this man fucking showed up at this. Like, how is he not like behind him and they don't notice that he's behind them or some shit? Like, what does he get teleported far away? But granted, he's already he's a persona. A detective. But yeah, I mean, granted, he's already a persona using all that shit too. So it doesn't, it, it already makes sense too. But I was just like, yeah. all right. I was like, all right. Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I guess while we're on a catchy, I, I, I feel like this one's going to be a very interesting. Let, let's, let's talk about a catchy then. Oh, man. I love him with all my heart. Um, what a, what a sweet heart! I uh, oh man, Ketchy carried the plot. He um, was so interesting. Um, I I noticed them when they first introduced him. You know, like they introduce characters without saying their names. Like mm -hmm. they give him a title. His was Pleasant Boy. I never <laughs> forgot that. I, um, 
He was, um, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like Takechi a lot. I just thought he was cool. Um, he was, um, Ruthless Akechi was cool. Um, like, Fake Akechi was cool. Um, I really liked, um, he was, he was only in the Phantom Thieves for the job. He was, um, he was kind of one step ahead. He was, was like so i mean other than the fact that he's like a high school cop i felt like he was sort of like a grounded character the guy who was the detective like actually did some detective stuff and like um figured everything out mm-hmm. i thought it was like a little uh, actually more contrived when like the kids were one step ahead but like that was cool like i'll, I'll let it slide um oh when they pulled their whole master gogo gadget plan but like he thought he had us but we really had him and yeah. that okay that at that time i was just like i don't know how i don't know if i fucking believe this I was like, there's no fucking way they were like 20 billion 4D chess steps ahead of this guy. Like, I, f- I found that really hard to believe that they happened to really be like this far ahead of the guy. Like, yeah, I thought that was like, there's no way. But like, it was cool. I, so I let it slide. I mean, the only reason I give him points on that one is because <clears throat> there was, they, they did have a fair point that the motherfucker did fuck up by the whole pancakes thing with Morgana saying oh, yeah, it. That's something I want to talk about. Um, so with the whole pancakes thing, I didn't know how the Morgana, like I didn't know how the mechanic of Morgana, like people understanding Morgana worked. I figured when you have a persona, that's when you can understand Morgana. Like maybe Morgana was secretly a persona all this time. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't realize that they had to have heard Morgana already in the metaverse. Um, so, so when they said the pancakes thing, like I, that didn't even occur to me because I didn't, I already didn't know how it worked that um, people were understanding Morgana. When they first did the original explanation of how they tricked Akechi, every time they went back in those flashbacks, I was just sitting there like, what the fuck? I was like, yeah. I didn't re- I was like, I didn't catch any of this shit at all. Like none of this like I didn't even notice like a, a like a point percent of any of this shit. So <clears throat> the whole time I'm just like, Alright, that makes sense, I guess. I was like, I let's go story. You know, if it's for the story, let's do this. But you know, I always felt like Akechi was like... It, it's kind of interesting, right? Like, you remember Adachi? Yeah. You know, I was like... I, who was it? I think I told... I think I might have told you or someone else. But I was like, you have Adachi. Then you got Akechi. And it was Chi. I'm like, these are some fucked up individuals. Um, I always feel like... It's kind of weird because I always feel like Akechi's kind of like... Has the same ideals as Adachi. Just as a, a kid. Pretty much. Um oh, yeah. Because, I mean, that's, uh, like, I, I feel like that's like, almost a whole nother conversation. But, um, you know, like, I, I just look at Akechi and, the, you know, obviously you look at his character development and then the fact that she, I found that Shido being his dad was kind of, like, a stretch to me at one point. Like, not that I, too. I, I, like, I, it's not like I didn't believe it, but I was just like, really? Really? That's his dad? Yeah, he, he was just one more place Shido was. <laughs> he was everywhere. <laughs> I was like, I was like, really? That's that's your fucking dad, and you just happen to get disowned by your own father. Then apparently, Shido knew the whole time that Akechi was his son, and he just played stupid the whole time. He was playing 8D chess while his son was playing 4D chess. Like, I was like, all right. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's. I like that kind of. We kind of Evangelion. He was uh, Akechi's dad was like manipulating him. Yeah, I was like, I was like, man, this is like some like. These motherfuckers trying out play each other and shit like that, and I'm just like, all right, whatever. Um, so 
I guess while we're catchy is a very interesting topic, so we're gonna keep delving in deeper. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that's I'm gonna, good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play some things around. So, I you catchy um, being a teenager kind of elevates him um, over Adachi a little. I think. Well, okay, I don't actually think they're that similar. Like, I feel like Adachi's main thing, unless there's like something I, like I'm missing there. I feel like Adachi's thing is that he just like was messed up and loved killing, and I feel like um, Akechi sort of had like. Uh, struggled with like uh, recognition and like um, having an image, having a real life, uh, like being a teenager and kind of like still sorting out his values and also being like hyper skilled and gifted. Um, I thought sort of like hmm, you can sort of see how like that tormented person came to be. Yeah, I I mean, <laughs> I mean after you see Akechi's ruthless side, I feel like he's just a killing machine, but. I mean, that's the. Oh, yeah. I mean, you gotta kind of see him as kind of the same way in a sense because he just killed anybody. He was just going to the metaverse and just wipe him out if he if it meant him getting to his objective. Which I mean, you could consider him. Not I think Adachi had an objective at all. He was just playing games. I mean, so Adachi's thing was he just was tired of feeling like a fucking loser. That was his problem. He was like, I'm tired of everyone looking at me like I'm a goddamn loser. I'm gonna fucking kill him. <laughs> they don't like me. Yeah. <laughs> like that was literally his thing. He's like, I'm gonna just kill him if they don't like me. But I'm like, that's not how life works, bro. He's really like, oh, that chick don't like me. I'm a killer. Like, they're like, bro, what the fuck? Whereas, a catchy's more like, he does. He had like trouble understanding himself, and the fact that his yeah. own father didn't like him or cared for him probably made things even worse for him. So. It skewed his moral judgment on some things, even though he was technically morally right in terms of justice and wanting justice for things. It skewed his when he was when he has his own mind on his own goal and objective that skewed uh, his perception on what justice really is. Just like how he would say Sai or Sai Sun, uh, her sense of justice has been uh, skewed and has been fucked up. I feel like he was the same exact way for a hot minute when he was determined to get what he wants, just like she was determined to get the Phantom Thieves. You know, their sense of justice goes out the window. Um, but he never you know, had a palace, though. He was too strong. Well, I, I, you know, that was the interesting thing that, you know, I started wondering. I actually started Googling it after Maraki's thing. I was like, so Persona users can have their own palace? That was very interesting. And. Yeah. It makes you wonder, could Akechi have ever had his own palace? Like, obviously the creators didn't think of that when they first made the game, so obviously it's kind of a null point. But <clears throat> if no, you're, they gave Protaba one. Yeah, but she didn't have a she didn't have a persona yet. I'm talking about someone who's already established as a persona user, right? Could you okay. have could you even have your own palace at that point? But then we have Dr. Mark. I feel like the whole clause of like the persona users not being able to have a palace was sort of like the more tacked on thing than actually giving a, a persona user a palace. Like, I don't remember anything in the rules about people having a persona, not also being able to like get corrupted later on until like they made a big deal about it in the Royal part. Mm -hmm. Cause it was always one of those things where I was just like, it, I feel like it would add a whole nother layer of comp complexity if they made it to where every palace ruler had their own persona as well too. Like, yeah, I think I think that actually would have been very interesting. 
because um, I well I was not exactly a big fan of Dr. Maraki's final boss fight. I did like everything leading up to it. I did like the music. I liked everything. Just the boss battle itself kind of was just kind of like I like the final parts of the boss battle, but the initial battle just kind of pissed me off. I'm not gonna lie. Like oh yeah, I I was I was not having it for the longest minute. Like. Every time he kept fucking rehealing and shit, and then I had to do the whole weakness and set up a whole tree, like a whole chain tree, and shit like that. Like I actually went to fucking YouTube after a while. I was like, "Yo, is this boss battle end anytime soon?" Like, like I was like, "I just want to beat this shit." I was like, "I don't fucking care." And what I was doing with my time up to then, uh, or this is sort of a side hustle where um, before the game ended, I was like spending like. Two or three real days in a time uh, at a time in moment or mementos. Like I just go into mementos once, and it would take me like three days in real life. Cause like at the end, like you basically have infinite SP. Like you can do stuff as long as you want. And I was basically making like the strongest persona possible. I had like Satan, which was largely it had like no weaknesses. Um, <laughs> it had like this ice move that like hit everyone. And it cost like nothing. It was super strong. And then like this, um, basically yeah, everyone was super strong by the end of the game. Like I was way over leveled. Um, basically between like Joker with Satan and Morgana uh, like these guys were like cutting through everything oh also playing on low difficulty that helped too low difficulty means more romance more more fusion more grinding like or I mean less grinding um, yeah I went to small so, thing on. At, so the Okumura boss battles what made me lower the difficulty Oh, I, I oh yeah, I want to talk about that. I, <coughs> that. That was a boss I like, or yeah, boss I. Have you really liked it. Yeah. Okay. So this was in the middle of the game when, like, I was already getting mad at a lot of things, like just like recruiting a new phantom thief after another. Uh, like, I was getting kind of bored. Like, that was when I decided to date Kawakami because, like, like, <laughs> bro, I've had enough. Like, let me fuck my teacher and like feel something for once. Uh, like, so when the Okumura thing happens. Um, I was, uh, I thought, like, this is, this, like, threw a wrench in the pace. Uh, I, like, failed it, like, three times in a row. Like, the fact that they suddenly threw a unique challenge at me, I had to think on my feet. Like, I had to leave the palace, prepare. Like, I was a phantom thief for real this time. Like, that made me, um, that was just so thrilling. I, as someone who played the original, and then going back on YouTube after, <coughs> after I did that boss battle, I was nice. I was so happy. I had tears coming from my eyes to see all vanilla Persona users like me just understanding that this boss battle was the biggest pile of dog shitting on the mankind. Ah. Like it was one of those things where, <clears throat> okay, so <clears throat> objectively, Akumaro was the worst boss battle in their vanilla Persona because it was stupid easy. It was okay. it was stupid fucking easy. What did they do for Royal? They made it stupid <laughs> fucking hard. Stupid mind-numbingly hard for no goddamn reason. And God, it just pissed me off. Like, I remember that night it was raining. It was storming. I was fuming. I was fucking pissed. Like, it was the first time playing Persona in a long time that I actually legitimately got upset that I was about to throw my controller because I couldn't handle the bullshit it was throwing my way. I found the idea that you had to beat all the robots within like one or two turns or else they just blow up and sacrifice themselves and he summons new ones to be the worst thing ever. 
the worst oh, that was fucking hard. like I was actually like, didn't understand how baton pass worked before then. I was pressing R1 instead of R2 the whole time. So I thought, or like whichever button it was. So like I was doing baton pass wrong the whole game. And then like when this boss was too hard, I realized like, oh wait, like I wasn't doing this right. I uh, like I can actually control who it baton passes to. Mm-hmm. Like this makes so much more sense now. And yeah, R1 was a cop out. R1 was like a cop-out in the sense that if you didn't want it to think about what you wanted to do, because R1 wouldn't always give you the best choice. It just gives you the best. Yeah, fastest. I thought that was the only way to baton pass at first, so I screwed up, but then I understood. See, that boss battle was just so fucking, like, it's just funny for me to go to YouTube and realize that that shit was so fucking trash, and... That I wasn't alone in my thing. Like, you don't know how relieved I was to realize I wasn't, like, drinking crazy, crazy sauce and thinking that boss battle was garbage. Like, when I went to that YouTube comment section and I saw everyone else saying the same thing, I was like, oh, thank God I'm not the only one. Like, I was just so mind-blown. Then, after that boss battle, I was like, fuck this. I just lowered the game. I checked the game to easy. I was playing on normal up to that point. And then after that, I just, I lowered it to, to easy because I was like, I'm not, like, here's the thing I tell everyone, right? If you have already played Persona Vanilla, right? The biggest question is, is it worth replaying Royal, the entire game, just for the Royal add-on? And to this day, I still share the sentiment that unless you're a huge Persona fan, it's not worth replaying. Um, yeah. It it was a very big chore. Like This is a game that I didn't get until back in like October or November of last year. And it took me months to really grind through the game. Like, I clocked in another 100 hours. And one of the biggest things that Persona Die Hard is always like to say is, Oh, but the quality of life changes so many big changes to the story. Look, look, motherfucker. There's changes, but there's not that many changes to the main fucking story that, other than the inclusion of Dr. Maruki and Kasumi, and a couple changes for boss battles. There's really not much of a difference from the original vanilla story and Royal. So, and I would know because I literally played the fucking game. So, throughout the whole time playing, I guess it's for me as an adult now, right? I value my time a lot. So, if I'm if I'm using 100 hours of my life that I'm never going to get back, literally replaying almost all the same content again... That's almost like a waste of my time, because I have no yeah, interest. Like I have no interest in replaying the original story. Like I played it once, I was happy, I enjoyed it, but I don't give a fuck about it. I just want to play the royal stuff. But see, I'm too much of a Persona fanboy that I'm not willing to watch somebody else do a playthrough because I don't. I want to make the choices. I want to be in. I want to dictate the choices that I make. So. I'm not willing to just watch a playthrough and see someone else chooses something else that I might not have chosen. So I couldn't let it sit with me that uh, I couldn't let it sit with me just watch some playthrough of somebody else playing it, right? Plus, it wouldn't feel right to own the game but never beat it. It just, I guess it's just a really diehard mentality. Whatever. I fucking, yeah, I, I, I really I, feel like this could have been DLC or something. Like, and, I didn't, we don't need a whole game for this. Yeah, like. I, a lot, like, I like all the quality of life changes and things like that, and, and it's nice, but. It wasn't something where I was like, fuck, man. Like, I can't. I'm glad I replayed this entire game. Pretty much, like, I think I, I think I, I stressed it more, like, throughout my messages as I was getting closer to the end. But I was just like, I'm fucking tired of this game. Like, I just want to beat it. Like, 
it, it a game became a chore to me because it felt like a it felt like mm -hmm. an extreme like weight on my shoulders not being able to have finished it yet and I want to look up all the story like I just want to talk about it for the people and I just want to see what the hell's going on so I'm like I'm like fuck I just want to beat this game get to the third semester so I could be done and then the third semester comes and I'm enjoying it but then that's where you start to see the problem with it being tacked on right there's nothing really mm -hmm. to do in that third semester it's not really like it, it would have been better off if it was just like if it just held your hand through every day like it did for the first 10 days where it kind of just forced you to hang out with someone and make them yeah. remember what oh, they lost <laughs> like mm. like I, I i know i know i have a feeling that's something you want to talk about we'll get there in a second but um oh no that's um actually there's something else i want to talk about i um, i just coughed a little oh okay. uh, i'm good um you know it was just very like I felt like the third semester would have been better off if it will if it was just narrative driven and not like open, because there's not really much to do left in the third semester because the game is designed for the first first and second semester. Like you did shitty stuff with your time uh, and missed out on a lot of stuff. I appreciated that. Um, I got to finish up a ton of or a ton of confidants. Um, yeah, I guess like I, I guess that's the benefit of it. Um, for me, I guess it's because I already maxed out the confidence that I planned to do anyway in my first and second semester that by the time the third one came, I was like, well, I don't give a fuck. Like, like most of these other confidants, I looked at and said, Hey, let's hang out. I'm like, no, I'm going to the bar instead. Like, I was just like, I don't want to hang out with you. Like I could give two fucks about your confidant story. Like I was one of those people where like in the third semester, all I did was keep taking somebody out to a bar and drinking one of those special drinks, or I was doing pool or darts and uh, leveling up my baton pass. That's all I did. Oh yeah, me too. Like I, I couldn't I, figure out how to take people out to like special drinks. Um, I knew like you could take people out to special, uh, special areas and stuff. I never figured out how to do it. So what I did was a lot. Once I found out about it, um, one of the biggest things I did was just, I always, every single day in the game, I always did the show players activities. I literally just looked okay. at that. I looked at that. Like, it's like when I found out during the little questions thing, uh, when you're at school, one day I accidentally pushed the touchpad and it showed like the answers. I was like, oh my God, what the <laughs> fuck is this? I was like, it shows you the answers that everybody else chose. I was like, nah, I ain't got to Google them. Cause I was like, you're out your goddamn mind. You think I know the answers to these fucking questions. I was like, what fucking big brain character do you think I am? My ass is just going to Google it. Like, I, like for the exams, I fucking Googled all that shit. Like, oh, yeah, me too. I was like, I, I'm like, I'm not about to be caught with my pants down, but I'm like, I, I you think I'm going to study all this too? Like, I always found it interesting about Persona games. Like, Persona 4 Golden, the same, I did the same shit on that one too. I'm like, I don't know the answer to these fucking oh, yeah. questions. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you got me fucked up. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so like, <clears throat> pretty much I would just look at like player activities it's like I think I don't know if you remember when I used to send you pictures of like everyone's like average level and here I am like yeah. 10 15 levels below them and I'm just like oh that happened to me too for like all the like the, the last quarter of the game like the whole time I was just sitting here I'm just like what the fuck are these players doing like like are they just, do they just grind and get to max level in one day like like how the fuck are they so high above me like I almost felt like I was like a god just like speed running through these palaces in one day on normal difficulty but you got all these fucking chads out here like 20 levels above me going through these palaces and I'm like 
what the hell am I doing different? Like, am I doing something wrong? Because I see my rule in every dungeon is I fight every persona I see. Or every, yeah, I f every persona I see, I fight them. Um, or shadow. And so there, I was like, there's no fucking way that I'm under level because I skipped enemies. Like, no, nah, I fought every fucking enemy. It wasn't until I got the Ryuji dab and then realized how it worked correctly that by the end of the game, I fucking, when a third semester came, bro, I fucking reused the jab like every fucking character. Like mementos, I dabbed all them fucking characters to death. Maruki's palace, I dabbed them all to death. Cause I was like, I'm not trying to fight these guys. I'm like, I'm not trying to do a fucking regular. But I just wanna, I just wanna fucking dab my way through the palace and have fun. And so here I am, like just. Da oh, and that's the other hey, cool that part. Dab strike work in the. I only ever got the the dab strike to work. Um, mementos. I didn't know you could use it. Not in mementos. You can use it anywhere, yeah. So as long, so the way the dab strike worked was, as long as the enemy had a green outline, you could dab strike them. Um, Holy shit! Oh man, I was wasting my time. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I did it mementos. Yeah. So all you had to do was, if they had a green outline, all you had to do was hold R two and just run, just run up to them, like as you're going to run past them, and it kills them for you. That's all you had to do. Like you didn't have to push oh, any man. other buttons or anything. So. I literally, and then with me doing the Jose uh, XP thing, I maxed it out. Like, I fucking grinded to level 99 within, like, an hour. Like, I was like, yeah. I'm about to make this shit the easiest fucking ba boss battle ever. Um, even though I felt like I still struggled somewhat at level 99 on Dr. Marky, because I did eventually. So, I beat him originally on easy difficulty, but then I, I, didn't, feel, I didn't feel good with myself. So, I bumped it up to normal and refought him again after I beat the game. Just to see if I could beat him at normal. Because <laughs> mm. I beat the original game on normal. So, I was like, I have to at least see if I can beat this motherfucker on normal. But, um, but yeah. Uh, I forgot how I even got to where my original thought was there what we were talking about like being under level because you were looking at the network stats oh yeah, yeah yes yeah so yeah you know like once i found out about that little button that's how i was able to like figure out what the people do or what days to do certain things because typically you would see like <clears throat> um the top thing that people do so if i saw everyone go to the bar then i'll read the little sign and they'll show like hey what's this bonus for today or whatever and they're like all right that's why everyone went to this but i always felt like with the network player thing it just kind of blew my mind because I was like, what, did all these people just Google their whole playthrough? Like, how is it that this many people all knew to do this, the same thing, unless it was like a hive mind thing where everyone else clicked on a uh, network like I did and say, oh, shit, well, these people are doing it. I'm going to do it, too, instead of, like, forming their own decision. I in real life. Like, and then sometimes, like, my favorite thing was whenever I did do the network log. I sometimes look would look at some of the things that people do or who they looked at or what they who they hung out with and I'm like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like sometimes I'll see one of them says go to sleep or go to go home. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why did you Yeah, just... you got a game to play here. I was like I was like, why did you waste your day? Why did you just go home? That makes no sense. You literally just threw it away. Like alright, like yesterday at nighttime, like go to sleep. I'm like, why did you go to sleep? You could literally do anything. Like why? I was so like baffled by that shit. I was like, you could do yeah. anything. But you should, you decided to go to sleep for what fucking reason, bro? Like I don't know. Network log was super fucking interesting, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I really like some of the confidant stories. Um, like hmm, 
I thought the confidant stories were really good. Uh, they were pretty bold in comparison to the other story. Like, mm, Kawakami one was like super uncomfortable, but like, I mean, it's just another flavor. I thought a lot of the the stories like, hmm, like the one with like the little boy with like the little gun boy, I thought was good. Um, hmm. Oh, I never finished this. <laughs> I got kind of bored. Oh yeah. yeah my basically. Um, oh my bad. I thought the the hmm, the confidant stories were uh, pretty good. I never finished like the gun dealers, but um, I was I was interested to see where that goes. It was actually really sad. And like the day where you talk to all your friends in town, and like some of the phantom thieves whose social links i didn't finish like they weren't even there like i went to the gun guy's <laughs> shop he said like it deals off don't worry about it like man that was that was more heartbreaking than anything. uh his his is a pretty satisfying conclusion um pretty much his son comes to understand you know what his father was doing and you know they become really close together you hang out and kumbaya and all this other shit and the uh the guy who was threatening the gun dealer has been put uh he's been killed or not killed or well something like that and there there was kumbaya in the end but uh but yeah like i mean some confidants i just didn't give a fuck about like I, i'm not gonna lie some of my confidants were like dictated by the what i can get from them like i'm not gonna lie yeah um I think like like I told you before. I think Ohi Oya. I didn't even raise her fucking confidant once. I didn't give two fucks this playthrough. I wasted Story's her. Story's not that great, and the the bonuses are nothing. Yeah, like there's some confidants that are really just not worth your time, and she literally was a waste of fucking time. Um, so I didn't use it on her. Chihaya, I maxed out hers. Just because I, I I didn't learn how to use her bonuses correctly until like closer towards the end of the game, but hey, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> who else? Uh, I maxed out Hafumi because I liked her confidant abilities. Um, oh yeah, she was good. I think my favorite one. Oh man, I remember. So you're lucky that in Royal they added a catchy as like an actual confidant you can rank up throughout the game. As opposed to yeah. in the original game where it was like dictated like Morgana, right? Like you don't choose when it ranked up. It ranked, They told you when it ranked up. Um, mm -hmm. But in Royal, Akechi was one of those where you chose your own time to rank him up. And I like every fucking ability I got from him too. I fucking loved all those abilities. So, uh, but when it came to that, the eighth rank where he's like, let's fight. You don't even know how much I lost my shit at that point. I was like, oh my fucking god, it's fucking happening, oh my god. Because you got to think, at this point, it's before they actually, before he reveals that he's like, he fucking hates Joker, he tries to kill him and all this shit. But the game, like, the game, at, at their eighth rank, it's interesting, because I did a lot of looking into it. I was curious on everyone's thoughts about that, because it was very interesting. And they pretty much had it set up where Joker just, knew that Akechi didn't like him, that Akechi was going to try to kill him eventually. I don't know how I feel about that, because I feel like there was nothing really leading towards that. It, that was, like, super obvious. Like, other than that fight that just happened. But, like, it was just like, it never made it really seem like a, oh, shit, this is fucking surprising as hell. It was just like, all right, I saw this coming. Like, I know Joker's smart, but he ain't that much of a 4D mastermind. Like, there's no fucking way he just, like... Oh, Ketchy wants to fight me. I saw that coming from like a mile away. Like, there's like it just didn't make sense to me. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm viewing this wrong. It was really it really hit hard. Uh, like when you picked your own time. Like I just chose to hang out, and like he pulls a gun on me. Like that hit different. 
Like, did you expect that? I thought there would be something like that somewhere in the line. But when it happened, it still, like, hit hard. Do you feel like the, the relationship that they had between Joker and Akechi was, like, almost, like, kind of just... not I wouldn't say weird, but it was just kind of, like... Oh, it's kind of gay. Well, yeah, I guess... Like, sort, they throw I, the gauntlet. Like, there's, there's, like, some sort of... Gay, yeah, gay shit. Pretty they have, much like, a real relationship. But, I mean, it's almost... I felt like it was kind of one-sided, though, don't you think? I feel like everything with Joker is kind of one-sided. He doesn't, like, really say anything, and, like, he doesn't have a real character. He just absorbs stuff. <laughs> I guess, actually, I guess that I guess we could tie that in for Catchy a little bit. So, do you feel like... Do you feel like Joker had much of a character throughout the game, or is he just, like, a husk? Because, I, um, I mean, I, I guess... Think, like, the Persona 4 guy, like, was even blanker. But I feel like, hmm, there's... Like a little bit of tint to uh, like, I don't view really view him as much of a character, and but like he has like a place in the world and he's like a real guy, but I and, and like I think so inherently he has some like personality and stuff by like the preset choices, but I think like he doesn't have that much character. Like they're sort of limited by that, and like that's fine. I sort of prefer it that way. Because I know sometimes they like to have a set of whereas like you view yourself as that character. That's why your name is in there. You're him. That's your personality. But at the same time, that's where you know it goes back to the old catchy thing. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't really give a fuck about a catchy like that. Like, like I I think he he's a cool ass character. I really like the I in the third semester he was my favorite fucking character. Especially oh, yeah. when, especially when we get, he became navigator and he just called out everything. Like I was like, this mm-hmm. is I, this is everything and more I could ask for. Motherfucker calls everybody weak and pathetic and useless and wants to kill them all. Best fucking teammate ever. I'm like, no more singing. I was like, no more kum, no more kumbaya over here saying let's fight with teamwork, guys. He's like, fuck teamwork. I can do this by myself. If you're too weak, get the fuck out of here. I don't need you. Like that was like my favorite part of him when he was sitting there. He's like, he was pretty much telling like uh, Sumir. He's like, if you're a fucking weakling, get the fuck out this team. We don't need you. We're here to get shit done. If you can't get it done, you can get out of here because you're gonna slow us down. Like I was like, damn. I was like, I fuck with this guy. I'm like, he putting all this friendship shit in the trash can. He's like, I don't care about it. Oh, yeah. Like, I think that's an interesting thing. Like, his whole character development was he stayed true to his morals until the very end. Like, he wasn't willing to sacrifice the correct reality of the world to stay alive. He was like, I would rather die and go and have the world go back to the way it's supposed to be than stay alive. And then to stay alive and be in a reality that I can't control. Like, I found that this very, like, heavy hitting at that point when it came where he was like, he's like, you think I would be willing to sacrifice my own free will just to stay alive and let someone else dictate my life? He's he's like, no, nah, I'd rather die. I was like, losing. yeah, I'll sit there like, damn, this motherfucker's like deep. Or... Yeah, I don't know if you ever played around with the choices where uh, Dr. Marky would ask Joker what he wants to do, and then you tell Dr. Marky, be like, I think I might do it. And then Akechi's like, No, are you for real? Jokers, come on, think about it. Like, like it just it's interesting how much Akechi respects Joker. Like, yeah. he, he like hates to do, but he respects him on so many fucking levels. Like, it's pretty That's much true. like it's like a jealousy thing. Like he he he's fucking so jealous of Joker, but he he admires him at the same time. And 
you know, I guess it's always like interesting too. Whenever you see it, like whenever they fought together in the third palace, just like together, if Joker goes down or some shit, you hear like some of the voice lines and be like, I know you could do better than Jack Joker or some shit. Or like, I remember I looked it up on YouTube, looking at voice lines. Like one time, um, what was it? Uh, Akechi got like so disappointed that Joker died to like some weak shadow. <laughs> He's just like, what the fuck? He's like, how you died of that? <laughs> of all fucking things. But, uh, but yeah, you know, like Akechi was just one of those characters where I was just like, man, fuck. I was like, out of all the characters in this game, I feel like him and Futaba were like some of them, and Yusuke. Those are like my top three, like favorite characters. Oh, me too. Those exact three. Like, I feel like they just did everything right when it came to like building those characters and just progressing them. And I, I, I don't know. I don't think there's anything else that I would improve upon. I feel like On is just a very one-sided, bland character especially when you go through her confidant story woo model woo being fucking trick yada yada don't give a fuck ryuji is a cool homie i don't have a problem with his story i just didn't really care for it that much he's just a homie it really robbed ryuji uh, like one of the things i was getting kind of mad about is that like hmm, all of these characters sort of had their moments and they just dropped the ball like ryuji had a number of moments to be cool <clears throat> like when like the shido's palace was sinking like okay sure Everyone's bullying Ryuji all the time. Like, maybe he's going to get a moment. Like, these fuckers learn nothing. They, uh, like, they just keep bullying him. Like, I thought maybe Morgana's going to say something. Like, he just walks away. Like, like, let us have a moment. And, like, the thing with, like, Haru is her dad. And, like, like, I thought it was going to be Haru's moment. Like, it's going to end up being Morgana's moment. He had, like, a slingshot. Like, come on. Like, shouldn't this be Haru's moment? Like, doesn't she get a moment? I guess... And that's the interesting thing that you you mentioned the whole Harvey's that what did you think of the alternate reality when they first presented it in the third semester, where pretty much everything was undone, like everything that you went through all those palaces to fight for pretty much just didn't exist anymore. But yeah, I thought like okay, like did, did it hmm. feel weird to you? It felt super weird to me. Yeah, it was weird. It was like hmm, yeah, like you're like you're copping out Maruki. Like this, this isn't re- this isn't real. Like, like, you know, we don't want this. Like, the second, I'm not gonna lie, when they first started with uh, Joker and Morgana in the same bed together, and I saw like two dudes, and I was like, oh no. I was like, what the hell's going on here? I was like, this this mm-hmm. isn't this isn't what I, I signed up for. And then it just kept on going further and further. And I, I, it was just so weird, like, how some of the things were explained and showing uh, Makoto, her family, her family exists now. Um, Haru's father lived Futaba's mother's alive And It's interesting What I find really weird Is just <clears throat> How these people could exist But then the second that they open their, their third eye And realize that it's someone else's reality That all of a sudden they just vanished These people just didn't exist anymore Like how do they just don't exist anymore How do these people physically exist Like that's the thing I just don't I I guess that's the not understanding Maruki's power, right? Just understanding how it's strong. Like, he fucking made Akechi stay alive, of all people. He fucking brought him back to life, of all things. Yeah. Like, a fucking dead person. Like, I guess, like, that's showing, like, the powers of someone. But it's just, like, how? How the fuck does someone just, like, magically just do some shit like that? Bring someone back from the dead. Physically, that was, like, fucking gone. Like, he could have done that for his own fucking, his girlfriend. He could have brought her back to the way she was before all that. That's why he's distorted. He doesn't know what he wants anymore. <laughs> like, it, it was so, like, mind-baffling. But 
I I don't know. It's just I don't know. Persona Five Royal is just there's a lot of shining moments in there, and there's a there's a couple duds sprinkled throughout it, and I feel like some of the opportunities were always missed with like certain characters, especially when it came to character building of the Phantom Thieves. Um, everyone always likes to shit on Haru that she never really got the time she deserved, which I agree. I don't really think she had that much time, in my opinion. Um, yeah, by the time they added her, they were already done adding, like, they are already tired of it. She didn't get, like, a cool persona awakening like all the other people. She just pretty much did the fucking Fedora Milady type thing, and that was about it. And I was like, that's, I just like the dance pose that she does. I thought it was pretty fucking cool, but, uh, yeah. Like, I feel like, like fucking Sumir had more time than fucking Haru of all people. And I was like, oh, yeah. I'm like, that fucking robs Haru even more in spotlight. But I don't know, like, the whole character building, like, like I said, on trash, Morgana, sort of all right. Um, Yusuke, I like Futaba, I liked. Um, Ryuji was okay. Makoto was kind of like, <sighs> I'm, I really don't know what to really think of her character. Um, I don't think she was ever a bad character. I think her confidant story was all right. Um, but I didn't, she didn't really like leave a lasting impression on me. Like her at all, her character. She just seemed like a mom. I thought she was actually a little more interesting before, like, um, before you recruited her when she's like, spy, like doing a bad job spying on the phantom thieves, <laughs> but like they all change so drastically when they become a phantom thief. Like Kodo's not that interesting anymore. Like it, it, it's so fucking interesting. Like, seeing how all these characters develop and how they're all kind of just like, eh, they're just kind of there. And, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of strong points and weak points of Persona 5. And I feel like when I look at the characters, I feel like a lot of them are memorable, of course, but there's a lot that are kind of unforgettable or that are forgettable that didn't have a lasting impression. And... You know, I mean, overall, is Persona 5 is still my favorite game of all time. I'm not going to lie. It's still my 10 out of 10 game. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Uh, like, without doubt, it's my 10 out of 10 game. But, you know, I do I do think there, there are some things that could have been changed or worked upon that could have made the experience a little bit better. But, I mean, overall, I, I really enjoyed the game. But, I mean, that's kind of already kind of expected from me. But I'm kind of more curious, like, what's your overall thoughts of the game? Hmm. Well, like, did you leave satisfied after beating the game? Like, do you feel like this is one of your top games of all time? Oh, no, I'd say this was like a six out of 10 on average. Uh, it had like a lot of mo. It was like, okay, I often talk about Sonic Forces. Uh, Sonic Forces was like sort of a shitty game. It was like, you take like four hours to play, uh, but it also had, it had some like the highest highs and the lowest lows. Uh, and like, I give it like a four out of 10. Zona 5. Had like some some pretty like high highs, lows were kind of long, but like they weren't that low, uh, and it like kept me entertained for like 200 hours. So like that's impressive. Um, yeah, like six out of ten is my final rating for Persona Five. Do you think it's better than Four Golden, or do you think Four Golden is better? I think Four Golden is better. Would you say overall, or just because of the story and characters? Well. Save the story and characters. I think the things that were better about Persona 5 were kind of... I feel like at the end of the day, the game game is not actually that interesting of, like, going in dungeons and, like, um, 
like using skills and magic and stuff. Like, I think that's all kind of lame, and that really doesn't help a lot of things. So I think, um, so, so you, I think like basically, so you don't really enjoy the turn-based combat or anything like involving that. Yeah, I think it could be like more strategic. Uh, like, I don't think this is what they actually want with their game, but like, I think I would enjoy it more if it were like maybe more strategic, more action. I feel like hmm, the grind is like I feel like the real game for me is like collecting stuff and like using your time and like talking to people. Um, so yeah, the turn-based stuff uh, is. It's a little watered down. Hmm, that's fair. <clears throat> um, okay. Uh, yeah, I feel like I don't. I mean, objectively, I always find deep down in my heart, I prefer the story and friendships of four more than five. I guess partly because it just has like a special place in my heart, especially at the time it came out and just how much I just <laughs> enjoyed it. But. I just feel like I can always look back at that story and I'm just like, man, there was like a really nice story, like a nice mystery story in there. Like, it oh, was yeah, definitely. like, it was just like, I was always on my toes the whole time trying to figure out the whole murder killer mystery shit. Like I, I was, played that when I had Rona, that was a fun time. I was stuck in my room. I just played persona four. Like the whole time I was just sitting, the only thing I didn't like, that's the thing I liked about five was the dungeons that they actually made them like an actual fucking dungeon. They crafted it instead of some, Procedurally pre-generated bullshit and fucking four. This is like staircases. I like the new, like the handcrafted <clears throat> dungeons. But I also still thought like, still, like the dungeons are like kind of laid out cool. But like, this is only the beginning. I feel like there's little things like the the exclamation points where like you can like jump in only these preset places. Mm-hmm. Like this is pretty good. But like I think we could do better. Like we maybe we can make like some of this a little less like. Formulated, um, yeah, yeah. I I feel like for their first attempt at it, they did pretty good at it. Um, obviously, you know, I guess who knows? Persona Six will probably be more open. They might explore like more traversal options and things. Just like I felt like I liked how they made like such a big deal about the grappling hook being added in. But I was like, you barely use that shit other than to get will seeds. That's literally it. Like, oh, yeah, like the grappling hook was used almost for nothing in the game except for like one or two points in the game. And I was like, that adds nothing to me at all. No, I saw a Joker in Smash, and like he had the grappling hook. I didn't know. Like I didn't know that, he, that wasn't in the like the original Persona Five. Yeah, I wouldn't guess. Yeah, it wasn't in the original, and people were just like, "What the fuck? Where the like?" That was literally like my thought, and a lot of other people's thought. We were like, "Where the fuck does the grappling hook come from? Why does he have one?" You know, like that was literally mm-hmm. everyone's thoughts the whole time, and so. uh I don't know, like, <sighs> my apologies. Um, it, it was just like, it just seemed like some of the things they entered, like, I feel like the game had a problem introducing some features that were used only like once and never seen again. And yeah. that was super disappointing to me because there were some things that I really wanted to use again, but never got to. Like, I remember they, in the Kamashito's palace, they made a big deal about grappling up to the fucking castle or whatever making like all this big deal and then next thing you know you go through like the next second or third palace and you barely use a grapple hook again and i was like well, yeah. what's, well what's the fucking big point of making a like a big deal about this hook if you can't even use it <laughs> like that's right like it just it just feels so limiting but going back to you know when we we're saying you know which game do we prefer um i don't think i really prefer like one or the other but i do think if there is a game to replay where i wouldn't mind replaying it would be golden but if I could have 
5's quality of life features added into Golden, I would take it any day. I feel like that would be like the ultimate Persona game for me. Having the features of 5 put in with the story of 4, that would be something fucking magical. Like, I, I, I fucking just adored 4. And I probably, I probably will end up replaying 4 one day. Like, I just know it. Like, I feel like it's one of those games where, like, I can just feel me wanting to replay it again just for the story because that's how much I enjoyed it. Um, but, um, but yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I'm kind of, kind of curious where the next persona ends up going. Um, I mean, granted, I have kept my knowledge hidden from what Strikers is, considering Strikers is the sequel to Persona 5, the actual true canon sequel. Um, I will say, are there some non canon sequels? Um, I guess technically, Dance Persona Five Dance is. Te- I mean, it's oh, I gotta play that. My roommate has that. I mean, I give that a try. I mean, technically, it's canon, but not canon. Um, but Strikers. So I guess I'll we'll, we'll probably wrap up this podcast in like 10, 15 minutes. But um, okay. So Strikers. I guess I might as well talk on it since I have played it, and I I will say that I have I enjoyed Strikers a lot. Like. It was to the point where I felt a little sad to see the journey end once again with the Phantom Thieves. Like I had more fun playing Strikers than I did Royal, which okay, which I mean that goes into the point I guess partly because I already played Royal. Well, Royal meaning the vanilla game before I got to the actual third semester, so I already knew everything that was going to come anyway. Whereas Strikers was everything completely brand new to me. But like pretty much Strikers. Is built around the knowledge that you already know all the characters. Of course, it's a sequel, right? But it's mm-hmm. built that you already know all the characters and then all the characters. Like, the friendship bonds that you feel in 4, I feel like you feel in Strikers. Like, oh, that's good. Like, I think that's the best way. Like, Strikers pretty much goes based on everyone has now, like, had time to know each other. They're all friends and all this. But... <clears throat> the only part that I think it still falls flat on is just the fact that the only time everyone actually comes to meet up and hang out is when Joker's back. Like, no one apparently hangs out or really talks to each other after Joker's gone. Everyone just sort of, like, vanishes like fucking ghosts, which doesn't make sense. It just it, it brings back more to the point where everyone just came together because it's like a fucking job, which is sad. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's the biggest... Uh, I remember I said a bunch of times that, like, Joker's like Jesus. He just like <laughs> came into their life to like make their lives have meaning. Yeah, like it, it just it like I feel like that was the only weak point of five and just in general the characters. But Strikers, you know, it really like nails hard like the whole friend feeling. Like everyone's like on a fucking road trip together and they're fucking touring like Tokyo and you know going across Japan and shit like that to different locations and. You know, they're going to sightseeing together and like all these different things. And it just feels fucking cool. Like throughout that whole time, like I was just smiling and like happy because I'm getting to see like these characters finally like interact with each other more. And they they still have personas. Huh? Still have personas. Like what's the game? Uh, Persona 5 Strikers. Yeah. Like that's all cool and all, but like, like what happens? I got to know. What, in yeah, the game? Play it. In the game? Yeah. Um. I mean, it's not... So, pretty much what happens in this one is they... Instead of bringing back the metaverse, right? Now, it's a... So, it pretty much ties in more into society, right? Which is pretty interesting. Because now it's all based on this smart app uh, called Emma. Which is a smart... Is a AI uh, 
friend app service. And pretty much what happens is you get monarchs. Monarchs are the new palace rulers. And so monarchs are these people where you give out your friend code. So let's say I'm a monarch, right? And I give out my friend code. You add me, then I steal your desire, essentially. And pretty much what you're doing now is instead of going in palaces, you're going inside jails. <clears throat> and what these monarchs are doing is they're stealing people's desires, which is pretty much making everyone fall in love with them and like them and making them a likable person. And so pretty much what you're doing is now you're having to go through Tokyo into different uh, regions to try and figure out who who started all this. Why is there monarchs? And because monarchs are all over the world now, like it's a big phenomenon. It's not just in like uh, Shibuya or whatever it was in Persona 5. Um, like it's all across the world. And like, of course, you know, the government already knows who Joker and the Phantom Thieves are. So they're keeping tracks on them. And so all these chains of hearts with desires being stolen, they think the Phantom Thieves are causing it and they're trying to pin it on them. And so now you're having to work with this police guy to try and clear your name. And help them out at the same time, figure out who the real culprit is and figure out who's changing these people's hearts, who are these monarchs and what the fuck is going on. And it's very interesting just for the fact that I feel like they, they, I, I won't lie. I was not a fan of the jails. I preferred the palaces a lot more just because the jails in the game feel very, very, very formulaic feels very bland and bait like i enjoyed them don't get me wrong but they all feel pretty same in terms of routine they felt very routiney once you went through like two jails they all start to feel the same in terms of what you need to do in them right um you know same type of boss battles same type of uh you still this little thing to activate this thing pretty much all happens in the same now the story is great i actually really enjoyed the story um, I, th I think, I think on a, on a different level, I think the story is better than five on a, on a different note, in my opinion, just because I feel like they took things, they upped the ante, they upped the ante. Let's go with that. And I feel like that's, yeah. that's kind of what I like. They upped the ante. Um, I like that they brought back the calling, they brought back the calling cards. I was super happy about that. Um, I'm a sucker for calling cards. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a I'm a sucker. Oh, yeah, they're cool. Like I'll, I'm a sucker for that. And then when I hear life will change and I start hearing that play, I can't help but just get excited and start dancing in my fucking chair. Um, but you know, I mean, overall, like the story is very is very good in my opinion. I was I wasn't left at a moment where I was rolling my eyes. I'm like, oh, here we go again or anything. The only time I did that was just when I was in jails. Like the idea is you go through jails, you steal someone's desires, you see why someone became a monarch. Typically the idea of monarchs are instead of people who have distorted desires cause they're evil. These are people who got treated pretty badly and they became fucked up and they want to get revenge almost because these people were treated like shit. And so then they pretty much have it set to where each phantom thief sort of I guess you would probably call it cheesy just because they're going to have it set to where like every Phantom Thief sort of relates in one way to like each Phantom Thief is sort of not all of them. Right. But more times than not, one for each monarch is going to relate to one of them. But it kind of makes sense. Like they tie it in pretty well. Um, okay. Like there's going to be one where they have one uh, Phantom Thief. You know, he relates to uh, one guy. Uh, I'll just say Yusuke. But Yusuke, he relates to one guy. And he, he understands like the 
you know, what the monarch's going through. Because see, what happens is when you go into jail, then you get to see, you have to open up the birdcage. You have to open up the lock. Once you open up the lock, what happens is you essentially view their trauma past. And then you see what happens to the person. You see why they became who they became. So, like, this guy, he became a monarch because he was following in his father's footsteps and he thought he was a good author. But in reality, he wasn't. And the only reason why people were assigning him on and, like, helping him sell his books was because of his father. They wanted to use his name. And then, you know, all this other shit. But they didn't actually respect him as an author himself. They treated him like shit. And then they didn't value him of anything. So what happens is he becomes a monarch. He has Emma. He gets people to add him. And he tries to get everyone. And through that, everyone loves him. And they want to buy his books. And they treat him like he's the greatest blessing on this planet. You know, shit like that. And so your goal is now to go and stop him and steal back those desires and give back to those people. And, um, and I guess take back society, if you want to call it that, right? As cheesy as that might sound. Okay. Um, so, you know, story, I will say it's pretty good. Um, I left really satisfied. It left me one more, as always, because I'm just a sucker for five and the characters. Combat. <sighs> I turned the game to fucking easy at the beginning of the game, bro. I'm not going to lie. Like, the first, what, 20 minutes I played on normal, and I said, nope, I'm just going to easy. I can't be bothered to deal with this shit. The combat's too... It's too atrocious and garbage for my liking. Can you tell me a game that has like similar combat to, or can you tell me like what the combat's like, or like what a game it's pretty has much similar combat? It's pretty so. It's pretty much think of it as like any um, what is it? The people who made Hyrule Warriors that make like all those other games. Um, oh. uh, was they make a lot of those hack and slash games? Yeah. Uh, it's pretty much like those. It's pre- but okay. I was I never played Hyrule. No, I don't Wars. like Hyrule Warriors. I never really played like I only played the demo of it. But the combat, more in a sense, is just pretty much like. Don't get me wrong, it's they did a great job at incorporating Persona into it and the style. Like everything feels like a Persona game. It's just the combat is okay. going on with. Uh, I'm trying to think of what are their higher. Not, I'm trying to think of their regular games that they make, but they made like eight of those games already. Um, it's pretty much okay. it's just pretty much like those typical hack and slash games, where you're just beating up a, a bajillion fucking enemies and you're just fucking hack and slashing them, and that's it. And so the combat to me just feels very shallow, feels very empty. That's probably why the the gels feel very hollow to me and not very great. Um, the music, of course, is phenomenal. I will say that the music in the game is fucking phenomenal. Like I fucking love the music. Um, I I can't stress that enough, but. Um, I guess it probably just comes because I, I make music too and I love music, so I guess it comes hand in hand. But, um, but yeah, the combat is just fucking like oh, Dynasty Warriors. That's what it is. It's like Dynasty Warriors. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty much like the combat in those games. Fucking garbage. Fucking boring. Um, yeah, I'm not into that either. Like I, I mean, they did mix things up where at first I didn't think about it until like later on in the game. Um, cause so. And, and strikers, you can play as every character. You can play as every Phantom Thief, and they all have their own unique move sets and everything else like that. Um, so I thought that was cool. Originally, I just played with Joker. Tava can fight. Yeah, uh, no, not for Tava. She her persona. Oh, yeah, they made it. I think they explained it where her persona is just meant for support or some shit. Um, okay. But you can play as everyone but her. But yeah, so you can fight as every character, and I thought that was pretty cool. Eventually, I learned how to. Uh, I've learned to switch to other characters just to max them out. Um, I actually kind of found it enjoying to play some of the other ones after a while. Um, 
But I found using personas in the game stupid. Just tr- they just felt like it was tacked on. Like I didn't find anything satisfying about the combat. Um, I didn't find anything really fun about the boss battles. I like the I like everything leading up to the boss battle. I just didn't. The fights were very, um, very kind of trash. They had a they had they had a very big problem of dialogue over speaking each other. Whereas like you're trying to fight the boss, but here you got like twenty thousand narrative book line essay lines being spoken at the same time. You're like, how am I supposed to focus on what's being said up here in the corner, listening to that? But then I'm having to fight this boss right here as well too. Doesn't make sense to me. Um, so combat, I mean, generally, I just set it on easy and I just free from uh, I free float through it so that I didn't have to think about it. That's exactly what I did with Golden. Um, I set combat to easy because I was like, I just don't give a fuck about this trash ass combat. I'm here for the story, not the combat. Mm-hmm. So if you can, if you set the game on just easy, I would, I would say you probably have a good time with strikers. Um, just don't invest too hard into the combat. Um, I mean, I don't think you're a completionist like me, so you probably won't do every fucking objective and task you get in the game anyway, because you'll get like requests like you did in the first game. You'll still get like, uh, uh, was it fan site request if you want to call them that? Um, yeah, you know you'll still get things like that, but um, you don't have to do them and they're not really necessary. But I feel like overall, Strikers is a more tighter friendship experience where I feel like you get to really spend time and have fun with the characters. Where, where if you value that in the story, I think you'll enjoy Strikers. You just have to overlook the mediocre combat. I think it's mediocre in my opinion, at least. But if you can overlook that, I think you'll have a good time. Okay. Now, yeah. um, where does Scarlet Nexus fall into this spectrum? Uh, that's something you've been hyping me up on. That I'm, uh, I'm a little more excited for that than Strikers. So, Scarlet Nexus. Um, well, you know, the songs me, you showed me, like, um, like made me shit my pants. They're, they're so good. So, Scarlet Nexus is one of those games that I just at first. I saw some trailers here, and I was like, eh, it looks all right. It, it was enough to, to like, catch my eye, but it wasn't enough to sell me on the game. So I downloaded the demo on PS4, and I tried it out. And I was like, oh, shit, this is actually kind of fun. I was like, I like the combat. The combat's pretty interesting. I get to use other people's powers. I can combine it with my own. I was like, all right. And, you know, I was like, well, this is good. I was like, this is enjoyable enough for me to buy. I was like, for 45 bucks, I can, that's a, that's a good buy to me. So I bought it. And this is what me not really looking at. Like, I don't look into games anymore, really, that I buy, right? I do my, I do my initial research. I see if it looks good. If I can play a demo, then I'm going to play a demo. If I fuck with it, then I'll buy it. I'm not going to go watch like gameplay reviews and all. Cause I have, I have learned as the older as I got that I don't really care about other people's opinions on something. I care more about my own because more times than not, like if you look around the internet, you're going to see a lot of people can consider Scarlet Nexus kind of like, like the overall opinion is that it's a great game, but very cheesy story or whatever it may be. Yada, yada, yada. But in my opinion, so far I've actually liked a lot of Scarlet Nexus. Like, it's one of those games where I've actually considered myself every day kind of excited to go back and play it, which is not something I can say for a lot of games. Like, you no, have- Persona, uh, like as much as I um, made a fuss, like when I wasn't liking it, or like when I wasn't liking some parts of it, Persona kept me coming back every day. That's that's something like um, like a subtle strength to it. 
Like, and that's what Scarlet Nexus does pretty well to me. Like, the the, the strengths of the game where it, it reminds me of Persona is, you know, one of the biggest things is the Bond episodes, right? So you have, like, these... So here's an interesting thing of Scarlet Nexus. You have two characters, and you can play as both of them, right? You, well, you can only play as one or the other for each playthrough, but they're completely different stories. So that's a bonus in its own point. Like, it literally tells you a whole different... It tells you a story of this character from another whole perspective and a whole other set of teammates, which is fucking cool. Um, yeah. So that's already one big plus. But the second plus is you have a team, and you get to do Bond episodes. I think it's like six Bond episodes of these teammates. And so you originally just start off with these people as like your squad mates. Like you don't really know anything about them. You're all just here to fucking get the job done. You're fucking military or whatever. Oorah, get shit done. But as time progresses, you start to get to know these people more. And then as you sit in these Bond episodes, like you actually just start to look, you start to learn more about these characters and they open up and it just feels genuine. Like it really feels like you're just getting to know these characters more and things is like opening up. It's not like some tacked on, you know, five minute conversation of, Oh, I just learned some deep, dark secret about no, like it actually feels like a genuine friendship is like, you know, maturing and it's happening like organically. And I really like, like I cherish that a lot about games that can do that correctly. Um, like it gets to the point where every time I get to a standby phase, which is it's pretty cool in the game where it gets you to a standby, which pretty much gives you a rest point before you get to, it lets you move to the next chapter. Like it tells you, hey, this is a standby. You can move to the next chapter whenever you're ready. If you want to stop, you can do some other stuff. So I found that pretty cool. But pretty much standbys where you get to do your bond episodes. So you'll get and so the other cool part is, you know, you get like text messages from certain people and have like different conversations, you know, between the characters. And I'm just like, all right, this is all cool. And then on top of that, the music just like, it just fits so nicely. It just like, it's so integrated well. And it just like hits home for me. Like you put that with character building, uh, a pretty decent looking world. Um, even though I think the world's kind of bland at most points so far, the color palette's pretty dull, but I mean, it is what it is. Um, I can overlook it to an extent, but you know, the character building, the music, you know, the combat. Combat's all right. I think it has a pretty decent skill tree. Um, I feel like it's a, it's a shallow, it's a shallow puddle, if that makes sense. It's not, it's, it's deep, but don't expect it to be like, don't expect it to be like super deep. It's, it's just like a, it's, a, it's like a wide puddle, if we go with that. Like, Okay. You can do different things with it. You can have a lot of fun experimenting with it. I haven't personally gotten too bored with it. But don't expect to be doing like some crazy devil may cry fucking combinations up in there. Like it's not going to happen. But you do have a lot of things you can do. You got a super big ass skill tree that allows you to do a lot of different things. Um, you have like five or what five or different six sections of that skill tree you can invest points into. Um, so you can invest in this one or this one, this one and this one, whatever part of whatever build that you want to make your character. Right. So that's pretty fucking mm -hmm. cool. So you can still you can have a lot of style to your combat. But. I mean, the thing with Scarlet Nexus is it's just something that, like, it just sits right with me. Like, it, it feels like that gap that, like, I liked about Persona. Like, I it's that game I can come back to. It, I can come back to characters. I can get to learn more. It's characters that I want to know more about. It's characters that I like. Um, the overall story has had a couple plots, uh, actual decent twists that I personally didn't expect. Like, I was actually genuinely surprised. Are there still the cringy friendship moments? Of course. 
It's an anime game. What do you fucking expect? But I do enjoy it a lot for what it is. Like, I do think overall the story so far has been pretty engaging. There's been a lot of what the fuck moments. There's been some shit where I'm like, oh, damn, that's kind of crazy. Didn't expect that. The lore building has been pretty decent. Um, You know, like a lot of that's been pretty good. I mean, obviously, everyone's biggest gripes have just been the fact that they don't animate a lot of cutscenes, but everything is voice acted. So I don't really care as much. Like, would it be nice if everything was animated? Sure. But I can deal with some fucking pictures in a corner, all right? Like, <laughs> it is what it is. Like, it's not me excusing them, but I mean, hey, at least everything's fucking voice acted. Like, that's a pretty big, that's a big plus in my books. Like, I have everything fucking voice acting, so I can just set the controller down and listen to everything. So I'm like, that's fine by me. Um, but overall, right now, like, Scarlet Nexus, I can't really give, like, a true rating. But if I had to give, like, my initial, like, rating... Just like off my impressions, I would say like a seven point five or a light eight, currently. Yeah. Like that. That's currently what I would give. I don't think it's ever gonna reach a nine or a ten, because I mean there's still faults that I find in it, but for what it is and for like forty five bucks or whatever, and for the time I'm getting out of it, I think I got like what seventeen hours in it right now. I would find I'm having a great time with it. Like, honestly, like if you're looking for a game that just, you know, you want to have, like, a good story or... I wouldn't say good, but just a decent story with great characters and, you know, characters that you enjoy and you want to, like, know more about and you, you get to invest that time, I would say it's worth it just for that alone. And then the combat's just, like, kind of the cherry on top. If you want to play, like, a hack-and-slash almost type game with a somewhat intricate combat system where you can mess around with electric powers, throwing powers, duplication, you know, shit like that. That's, you know, that's, that's kind of like the cherry on top with that. Um, but yeah, those are pretty much my thoughts. And then the music, of course, like I can't get over that music, man. Like I, I don't think there's been a single song in that game yet that I've heard where I'm like, man, this fucking sucks. Like every, like, I feel like music carries like a big part of video games and, Sometimes it's almost a make or break for me. So like when I hear the music in this game, like it just really nails the atmosphere of the game, especially the hideout music, the hideout music. And then we do the bond episodes. Those two just really like mesh well together to really give that like friendship homie vibe. And you get to see like these characters develop as you do more bond episodes. Like they go from someone that fucking doesn't give a fuck who you are to kind of starting to be like, Hey, you know what? You're kind of a cool person. You know, and then you start to know more about them and yada, yada, you know, shit like that. But, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much like my overall thoughts of it. Hope, hope that's helped you out on my non-sponsored review. That's cool. I, uh, I want a piece of that. I, I would highly recommend it. Um, if anything, you know, download the demo on PS4 if you want to get like a little slice of it. Um, you can get it on PC for like 45 bucks. Uh, most like third party uh, key resellers like Green Man Game and shit like that but um, I mean it's just entirely up to what you're looking for but personally I don't think you would be disappointed I say the best thing you could do with a game like that is just going with no expectations I feel like okay, that's, that's good. I feel like that's the best way to enjoy video games is don't come with expectations I feel like that's where a lot of people get very disappointed when it comes to playing games they get too caught up in having this illusion of um what's the word 
they they hype themselves up and build this own image of what they think they're about to play is going to be and then when they play it, it's not what they thought it was going to be and then they get disappointed even though it's still a great game overall and i feel like that's a big problem that a lot of gamers get themselves into but um mm. but yeah um so let me uh let me wrap this up real quick and we can continue any other conversations off off this because we've been going on for a hot minute and you know, I want to make oh, sure, sure. That we, yeah, we don't want to go to this too, too long, even though it doesn't really matter. So it's just like the first podcast episode in ages. And I've had a lot of fun doing this anyway. Um, oh, yeah, but, definitely. uh, but yeah, uh, so, I mean, we, we, we covered a decent amount today. We did, uh, we did persona spoke on Scarlet Nexus, which I still, uh, I feel like that might be a whole nother episode. We might have to do one day. If you ever play it, might have to do uh, another episode on that. Um, just okay. a thought. I'll remember that. Just a thought is one of those things where, um, I guess I could speak on it briefly at the end of this podcast right now. Uh, I don't really know exactly what just a thought is going to eventually be. It's always been kind of just what the title is, just a thought. And, you know, obviously it's been music focused for the first three episodes, I think. And it's probably going to go back to be music focused again from now with Nick. But I mean, it doesn't mean that it's not going to do episodes like these where it's about video games or whatever it may be just like the whole YouTube channel thing. And I'm working on that and having like my own music focused channel. And then just, you know, the Sabi blues channel, which is just everything else. But that like this podcast goes on Sabi blues, not with Sabi blues. Um, you know, it's like, because I feel like Sabi blues is like more personal. Whereas music's like, you come from music, you're going to get music. Like, uh, obviously that's probably like something I'm going to discuss in the next podcast that Nick, me and Nick will probably talk about it more, but um, there's like a whole bunch of thoughts on that, but, um, but yeah, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, thank you for being on here though. Uh, oh, gladly. That was a good time. I, I know that, uh, time. I know that this was a discussion that we've been needing to have for a long time now that I've been wanting to talk about for a hot minute. Uh, still I've, got a million other things to say. Um, that was a good chunk of my life I spent on persona five, but, uh, It'll be another time. We, yeah, we can talk whenever. Yeah, yeah, we we can easily do another episode on this. It, it almost like part one, right? Like it's almost like a part <laughs> yeah. one. Uh, so I mean, we'll probably end up doing this again down the line. Um, we'll probably end up doing another Persona episode, or if anything, we'll do probably like a Persona Scarlet Nexus episode, and we'll go over that and you know see what our thoughts are after we both have. Uh, if you, of course, if you play Scarlet Nexus, then you know we can go over that as well too. Um, a Rocket League episode. We talk about all the cars. <laughs> man, I I try to get in a Rocket League, and it's just not for me, man. I I I play it as casual player, but I can't do it competitively. Like my friend, I remember me and him were going to play at one point, and he was like, "If you can't fly with your car and do aerial shots, you're, you're probably not worth playing with me." And I was like, "All right." And I was like, "You just told me to delete the game, then that's fine." <laughs> I was like, "It's no hard feelings." But, uh, um, oh, that's savage, but, uh, but yeah, so thank you to everyone who's watched this episode. Uh, appreciate y'all watching the fourth episode. I think this is, I don't know, probably I don't have, haven't had a chance to do too many episodes, but hopefully this is the beginning of a lot more episodes coming back. Um, no guarantees though. I, uh, if you know my track record, you know, I'm not reliable. I'm super unreliable. So, uh, that's how the cookie crumbles. But uh, again, thank you for watching. Um, as you can see above us, uh, you want to follow me on my stuff, it's right here. And then if you want to follow Rat on Instagram, his is going to be over here, depending if you listen to the video or if you're watching the video version or if you listen to the audio version, your choice. Um, but yeah, 
thank y'all for watching. Uh, have a great day, night, morning, evening, uh, you know, wherever you may be. And, you know, we'll catch you in the uh, next episode. Thank you, and uh, have a great day. Hey, everyone.